What's up everyone and welcome to episode 91 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where I, Tim Burbeck, talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. I uh, hope everyone is well and wrapping up warm as the cold weather starts to come in here in the UK and I'm sure many other countries as well, wherever you are, unless you're in Australia, where it's your summer apparently at the moment, which I always find bizarre as you see people are walking on, on a nice sunny beach with Santa hats on weird world um but yeah it seems weird that christmas is only a few weeks away now because i don't feel festive in the slightest at the moment but oh well that's life um gonna be a bit of a short snappy intro for you this week uh is gonna forego the news section as there wasn't a whole lot of news this week i'm sure somebody will probably correct me on that but in terms of the stuff that i want to talk about it's my show not a whole lot of news um so yeah, uh, and also didn't really do a whole lot myself to be totally honest, so nothing to report back in that world either. Um, however, there is one thing I do want to bring to everyone's attention. Um, as it is nearing the end of the year, I'm doing a bit of a kind of an end of year survey, a bit of feedback from, well, li- listener feedback, if you will. Uh, so I kind of want to hear from you guys what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what could be improved, uh, all that kind of thing. Um, so basically I've set up a survey so uh, if you could take a couple of minutes if that uh, out of your busy days to head over to to the SurveyMonkey site just fill out the couple of questions that are there I'd be forever grateful Um, there will be a link in the description of this episode to said survey so you don't need to go searching for it I will provide you with that service Um, right we'll get straight into this week's guest um, and it was a bit of an odd one for me because it's someone I'm in a band with. Um, this week I'm joined by uh, the divorcee guitarist and the man who is behind uh, the highlights of our modern world project, uh, Mars Bartholomew. Um, Mars was kind enough to, to welcome me into his home. We sat down, had a discussion, spoke about him, his journey into playing live music uh, and how that kind of exposed him to the whole world of DIY punk and metal and hardcore and things like that. Um, and now how he's kind of having to, to do that all over again in the sort of quote-unquote lo-fi hip-hop world that he's he's kind of venturing into as well. Um, that and, and a whole lot more as well. This was a really fun chat with, with Miles because I've known him for, for, oh God, well over 10 years now. That's that's nuts. Um, I didn't actually realise that. Um, but it was nice to actually sit down and kind of have a, have a chat with him because even though I'm in a band with him, I don't know the full ins and outs we know each other pretty well but it's always good to to kind of know your friends better so yeah please sit back enjoy the chat that i have with miles and i'll see you on the other side um a bit of an odd one for me on just insight this week because i'm interviewing someone i'm in a band with which <laughs> is a bit different uh i'm joined by a guitarist of the divorcee and beat maker of Highlights of our modern world, Mars Bartholomew. Mars, how are you doing? Hello, very good, thank you. Thank yeah. you for the cup of tea on this this That's right. cold day. Um, <laughs> yeah, as always with with these shows, I like to kind of start off and kind of ask my guests what kind of got them into alternative music. Um, but again, you're a bit of a, a different kettle of fish because I've known you for for so long. Like, obviously, yeah. I've known you since since college, sort of thing. So I kind of have an idea because we were into similar music in our teens but what was your exposure like at the beginning sort of thing oh god um i think like when i was at 
secondary school um, kids wearing hoodies and if you wore it was like the signifier when I was like what in year seven or something if you wore a hoodie you were into <laughs> you were a grunger yeah, you were yeah. into like this um, kind of weird music shouty music and stuff and uh, I think you know like this was what 2000 yeah, the year yeah. 2000 I just kind of went along and just thought yeah they're, they're weird like, <laughs> and then and then one day just curiosity got the better of me and I think I started I think I listened to I know I bought a Metal Hammer magazine right and it had it came with a free VHS yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that had like Slipknot People Equal Shit was like the oh, first okay. track on it yeah, yeah. and I remember putting it on and just being like what the fuck <laughs> is this and it was like the video as well and it just it blew my head off really it blew my mind and I just ever since then I just I listened to everything more out of just fascination yeah, yeah. what hell is this yeah. like, um, and I just listened through that I just remember listening through that that VHS and watching that through and then, like, after about a week or something, I was actually, I, I think I quite like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than the bloody Big Brother theme tune or what was it? <laughs> whatever was it, number <laughs> one at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, just got it, got that. And then I think I I got into, like, Limp Biscuit. I think I bought a Limp Biscuit hoodie. Yeah. It was, like, the first thing. And I just remember wearing it into school and everyone was like, Whoa, you're a grunger now <laughs> like as if I transitioned yeah, yeah, into yeah. something um, so yeah I think that was my first exposure to it and then yeah and then I just I kept on buying like rock sound and metal hammer and just keeping on just reading it yeah, from yeah. front to back just and Kerrang and stuff um, yeah no it's mainly rock sound and, and metal hammer from from memory and I just remember reading them front to back and just finding out that there was this whole plethora yeah, yeah. of different sounds that came from kind of rock and yeah, metal yeah. music really it wasn't just one or the other yeah. it was just so many different vibes and stuff because well, I remember like similar sort of thing obviously I kind of had the, the luxury of an older brother who was mm. obviously kind of into that sort of thing but I remember the old Roadrunner drilling the vein videos. Oh god. And yeah, that was kind yeah. of like my my sort of thing. And like still to this day there was um Love Fagony um through and through track was on there. Sure. And I still to this day watch that video like just on YouTube and <laughs> stuff just because it's like part of nostalgia and part I just love that song sort of Yeah, way. yeah, no, it's amazing. Um I just remember getting all the free CDs and stuff like that and I think like I, I eventually kind of got into the whole kind of I remember the first funeral for a friend yeah, EP yeah, yeah. and stuff like that and there was all this kind of melodic stuff but there's this I've still got it it's probably the only one I've still got but it's an old CD that came with rock sound right. and it was probably around 2002 something like that and it had like a demo of Murderer Rosa Luxemburg okay. it. it had a million dead like yeah, demo yeah. on it it had um, a hopeful track on it there was like um, first introduction to like post rock kind of instrumental stuff yeah. this band called Kiniski or something like that okay. I think they were called and yeah that it had all of it on this one CD yeah, yeah. and I just remember like and I think that from there that kind of shaped my listening yeah, for yeah. the next 10 plus years yeah, because yeah. it just 
all this melodic and like mainly like hardcore. I think there was a Converge track on yeah. there as well. Must have been from what Jane, Jane Doe, Doe or yeah, something yeah. like that. And just it just everything on that CD. Just there was so many different sounds on yeah. it, and I was I liked all of them. And I just think that that was the main defining thing, yeah. I think, and it just shaped everything I listened to for the next well, ten that's, plus cause years. Because I was going to say, like, because obviously when we first met, I think, like at college, you were the guy that I knew as sort of like liking his post rock and yeah. sort of maybe stuff that was a bit more left field, like because I always considered myself like someone that like would find the obscurity yeah. but you were also that guy because <laughs> yeah. I remember like you were the guy that would be wearing like the Circle Taste Square t-shirt like it. you'd be the only other person I knew that liked that band yeah yeah so was it was it from that kind of like reading the magazines front to back and just being able to discover the more obscure bands that you kind of fell in love with that weird quote unquote weirder side of oh yeah big time um i mean like when i was at school i mean you didn't have it was just as kind of myspace and stuff had started to come in Mm. no one had everyone had only really just got it yeah yeah so like before that i just used to discover albums and stuff by literally just going to record stores yeah yeah finding it that's got a really weird cover <laughs> yeah um, do i spend 13 quid on a yeah, cd yeah, or whatever yeah. yeah fuck it why not like and then you get it home and sometimes it was a hit and sometimes it was yeah a yeah yeah that and amazon i used to go on amazon and trawl that and just recommended stuff you just get so much stuff through that and again most of the time you're just going off description yeah or yeah. whatever um and then like myspace came into play and God, that just you just really got geeky. Yeah, it, yeah. You, know, you could probably like, go into like wormholes, like yeah, that's through it. like bands top eights. Oh God, like I used to literally come home from school and just spend all night just clicking on top eights <laughs> and going, yeah. oh, I like that. That's good. Or, or oh, that shit. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, And oh God, yeah, just a whole whole evening just <laughs> jotting down stuff. And there was probably only about what like five or six of us at our school that yeah, were like yeah. massively into anything that was a bit kind of weird or yeah, whatever yeah. you know so we just used to share it all each and we were all kind of helping each other yeah, out yeah. find out all these new stuff and yeah it just didn't stop then I think you know by the time we were in college we were right in the thick of the yeah, MySpace yeah, generation yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and definitely. pure volume and stuff and yeah oh god volume Oh, oh, that only went down recently. Really? I think, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say recently. It was probably about two years ago (laughs) now. (laughs) Um, And in terms of like you actually starting music, obviously you're you play guitar in the band that I'm in. So was guitar your first instrument, or was there something else that you were interested to? Yeah, I mean, when I was a little kid. and I used to like listen to oh, God knows whatever it was like bloody Oasis and stuff like that I always used to sing I always okay. used to love singing as a kid yeah I don't think I'm a great singer <laughs> by any stretch but I just, I just that was kind of what I prefer and I just remember singing loads and my parents always used to get me to sing and stuff I think I was in a choir oh wow for, yeah I was in a choir for like a year or so um, until my balls dropped um, <laughs> Um, but my dad, my dad taught me classical guitar because he was, he, you know, finger picker kind oh, of sick. like um, um, what was it kind of like Spanish guitar, um, and he taught me that when I was about thirteen. Yeah. 
just really simple chords and little picking progressions and I just stuck to that and then oh god I think I I started to learn tab and I think I bloody I think like one of the first things I ever learned to play was um oh what was it called that bloody cringy stained track the acoustic one with Fred Durst. Oh, is it? No. It's really simple. It's about two chords or something. I can't. Out, it's not it, that, outside. That's what I was thinking. Oh, Marley. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. It. I think I learned that was like one of the first things I learned to play. And then after that, I was like, look, this classical acoustic's really limiting. Yeah. I, I'd love to get an electric guitar. I think I've got like a. Hundred and fifty pound Ibanez yeah, thing yeah. from PJs or something, and a little practice amp, yeah. and just stuck with that for for ages until I started, you know, really getting used to it and mm. buying pedals and things like that. But yeah, yeah, it was my dad that taught me guitar. I didn't really touch anything else until after college. Yeah, really, yeah. I think yeah. And the other thing that I always sort of like like to ask is sort of in terms of the sort of alternative side of music what was your kind of first sort of live exposure kind of like can you remember what the first kind of quote unquote alternative gig that you went to was yeah um, and I always I always get this a bit confused I always used to think it was um, it was Alkaline Trio okay at the Pyramids in like about 2002 but I don't I think it was actually Finch Oh shit! Yeah, it was yeah. Finch. Finch were headlining, and I've got a feeling it was Hot Water Music on before of them, and then before them was Brand New. Oh they, fuck! Yeah, and it was when they'd just kind of done because they opened up. Yeah, yeah. And they'd just done what? Uh, your favorite weapon? Yeah, was that yeah, the first yeah, yeah. one. And um, yeah, it was it was really funny because they were it was that kind of time where everyone was swinging guitars around yeah, their yeah, necks yeah. and brand new would just go mad for it on stage or just swinging their guitars <laughs> constantly and I, I remember they'd all kind of I think like Jesse swang it around once and the guitarist did it twice in a row and the bassist did it three times and on the third time his strap came loose and oh, it came shit. flying across the <laughs> stage took out the guitarist and he just walked off in a strop and everyone was like wow you know like really kind of giving them hassle and, and it, after that everyone was just kind of like yeah fuck that band they suck or whatever and then like whatever it was like two three years later yeah they were fucking massive yeah. you know it was it was yeah that was that was crazy but yeah I, I, that was probably my first one and I think I think Alkaline Trio might have been like a few months later or yeah. something or a couple of months later was, that's probably what I get more mixed up But and then in terms of you playing sort of live obviously as I said mm. my kind of first way of seeing you play live was when you joined Senator but mm. were there kind of any sort of like so I don't remember you being in any college bands. No. So were you in anything prior to Senate no, Life? Not really. We'd I me and my friend like Louis um and Adam from mm. Divorcee and Sleep Centre and stuff. Um we when we were at school we used to kind of try always try and start a band. Yeah, yeah. And there was another dude called Ryan who's like still a good friend of mine. Um and 
the, the problem is none of us played drums. Right. And we didn't yeah. know. We didn't know any drummers. Yeah, there was yeah. one guy called <laughs> Nicky. Still, still the issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was one guy called Nicky who played drums, and he was like, he he did, but he wasn't really into the music that we were into. Like right. he liked maybe like I don't know, like Blink One Eight Two or Alkaline Trio or something. But we were like into Converge yeah, and yeah. Norma Jean and hopeful yeah. and, and scarlet and things like that so we wanted to make this raucous yeah, heavy yeah, kind yeah. of band and um we tried to do a thing with him oh god i think actually once we we tried to do like a almost like a hawthorne heights type emo <laughs> thing Brilliant. And it, oh god i wish I, I wish there was some recordings <laughs> of it or something because i bet it's so cringe um but yeah we just we were just constantly trying to start little bands in our parents' garages yeah, and things yeah. like that, and like it was very often that no one could bloody play drums or whatever. Um, and then yeah, kind of at, around college it must have been we, me and Adam, and this guy called Jack Cronin, who's mm. like he's still around here and stuff. I think he works in pie and vinyl and, and things like that. Um, and you know my mate Scott. Yeah. Um, we were like massively into explosions in the sky and um, Godspeed you and stuff like yeah. that. So we we started a little post rock band that was basically just trying to be explosions in the okay. sky. And we did that. We 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 probably practiced and, and we had like three tracks and we just practiced them for about a year and it just never amounted to anything. Yeah, yeah. We never sort we didn't even know how to sort out a show or yeah, whatever yeah. we just but we've, we've got a couple of recorders somewhere on myspace probably still if you can still listen to it <laughs> yeah. yeah that that was it and that was it through college and it wasn't until i met up with greg again yeah like, probably in the registry or something and he was like oh my band's like looking for a guitarist or whatever and um yeah, I think my girlfriend at the time was just like, "Go for it. What? Yeah. Why not? Like, you're more than good enough. Like, yeah. just, just, just do it. Like, but I just didn't have any confidence yeah. in, in doing it. So I just, I just said, "Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Went to a few practices, and then yeah, that was it. I've never really stopped since. Cause it's weird. It's weird because I remember like, obviously, like my brother Sam, Tom, and John were like looking for a drummer originally, and then. Because I think they'd obviously all left co- college at this point. I can't remember. No. Had I left college? I might have been like, yeah, I think it must have been like first year of uni. So I think Greg was still at college, maybe. Sure. And they'd. What band were they in? I remember seeing those guys in one of those Devil's Roadshow things when just when I was at college or just after I'd left or something. Yeah. Was it the, the Fifth Wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fifth Wall, and there was another one that they did, and I can't remember. So Two Every End was Sam's one, yeah. That was it. So I think that's what was, I think Sam, Two Every End had just finished, so Sam was obviously looking for a different band. I'm trying to think, like, why they didn't have a drummer. I can't remember for the life of me. They couldn't find a drummer for some reason. So it's a case. Yeah. But like Greg was like literally the only person I knew that could play drums. Sure, sure. So I was like, oh yeah, give Greg a go sort of thing. And then obviously through that, that's where, and I think we hadn't, because obviously I'd been up at uni by this point. Yeah, I hadn't seen you in ages. Yeah, so I think like by the time you joined the band, we hadn't maybe seen each other for a couple of years. Mm. 
So when, I remember like my brother being like, oh, do you know this guy Miles? I was like, yeah, like I went to college with him sort of thing. Yeah. He was like, is he any good? It's like, I've never seen him play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I had no reference point, but obviously like you sort of fit in like that group yeah. quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like, what was it quite like a, a strange experience? Because like, for what Senator was, like, they did quite well. By the yeah, time you yeah. joined, there was already a bit of a reputation behind them, especially along the South Coast. Yeah, massively. So was it quite, like, an interesting dynamic for you to, to join into that? It was weird. I mean, um, God, I mean, at the, I, me- I remember, like, joining them and thinking that, yeah, their stuff was really good. Mm. And, really, and it's, for me, it felt really um, like overly professional because mm. I was just kind of everything I'd done before is stuff that I'd tried to orchestrate with my mates and we didn't really know how to do a band yeah properly. yeah yeah like, and we didn't really we knew how to like write to direction but it, yeah I mean they had this solid sound and um yeah it was very kind of that you know that kind of cursed kind of kind of you know heavy kind of hardcore mm. type thing but they were trying to push it into something a bit more progressive yeah and, yeah um so yeah i think f- for me that was that was nuts and i think at the time i was like really into like ridiculous i was like banging into ridiculous tech stuff and that so it was quite odd kind of going back to chords and yeah. stuff because i was <laughs> yeah. like oh why why aren't we doing all this crazy tapping yeah, and stuff yeah. and um yeah i think i think um i I think that the the stuff that I kind of tried to bring in was more the progressive stuff because that was the stuff that uh, originally I felt quite comfortable mm. kind of doing um, with it. But yeah, it was weird. Like I got on with them pretty quickly, um, and then um, I think it was like a few. I can't remember how many practices we had, and then we did like a weekender with Jealous. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the first show I did, and that was like up in Kettering I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh okay yeah. I didn't realise that yeah it was up in Kettering um, I don't think they realised either because we got all the way up there and we were hanging out before the show and Tom was just like oh so you feeling good about it and that and they were yeah yeah and we're like why wouldn't you and I was like oh well this is my first show and we're like <laughs> really well you've never played a gig before I was like no <laughs> we're like, oh right oh okay shit well <laughs> you know the Try not to feel too pressured, but to be, I, I didn't feel anything. Yeah, yeah. I never really have. I've never really felt bothered about yeah. it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. It was just really exciting, yeah. to be honest with you, because I really liked the music and it was cool. I didn't really realize that the DIY scene was um, as good as it was. Yeah, yeah. I just felt really out the loop. I just felt like I, I, I spent too much time at home yeah, yeah. with me and Adam and Scott or, or whoever just saying have you heard this band have you heard this <laughs> yeah, band yeah yeah and not going and, and like yeah and the only, sort of that's it and the only gigs I was going to was what I could find on the, the Wedgwood Rooms kind of page home page yeah, or, yeah. or you know it was it was big bands it was big touring bands I just didn't really realise that there was this huge DIY scene yeah. and all these fucking great bands in it that were doing the kind of shit that I was interested yeah, yeah. in <laughs> but they were playing in a pub 
round the corner yeah, for yeah, yeah. five pound entry or whatever, you know. And that I think that just I just remember that just blowing my mind. Yeah. It's just going, shit, I didn't realise there was all this. <laughs> like, um, and then yeah, it's just after that, just fully invested. Yeah, in it, you know. Well, because I was going to say, like, obviously, Senator did a few sort of like weekenders and stuff. Yeah, so obviously, yeah. that would have been your first experience of shows away from home. But obviously, your very mm. first gig was a not a hometown gig sort of thing yeah, so yeah, yeah. was it like I guess on the flip then like coming back to play Portsmouth where Senator did draw quite a, a decent crowd yeah. was it quite interesting to sort of see the difference from maybe playing away where it was maybe sort of 20 people max yeah well maybe I mean some to be honest with you that first gig I played there was quite a few people there and stuff and it didn't I never really thought of it like that it was all um I just counted it all together as a DIY show. Yeah, it didn't yeah. really matter where it was. Yeah. Like, I didn't really... Sometimes you'd travel and there'd be hardly anyone there, but it'd be a great show because everyone who was there was banging to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And we were just having, you know, the whole time, every time... Even now, like, with the divorcey and everything, it, I've never, we've never really pushed it to make it. It's yeah, hanging yeah. out with mates and having oh, yeah, a laugh yeah, yeah. and... You know, um, yeah, I, I like to have a couple of drinks and go a bit crazy. Like that's you know, you know, rock out a bit. That's that's kind of like what it is. So I, I don't, I never really kind of um, separated the two, um, and I still don't really. To be honest with you, it's a show's a show. It yeah, doesn't matter yeah. where it is. Like sometimes you get hometown ones and there's bugger all people yeah, there. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you get hometown ones and there's loads of people there you know yeah. so I've, I've never I've just always seen that as a DIY show it doesn't yeah. really I've not really um, put it down to kind of differences in location mm. uh, even though there are yeah. you know I've, I've, I've tried to always just not think about it yeah. like that really and you mentioned obviously kind of once you'd joined center like that was kind of it like you haven't stopped and that is yeah like you have been very prolific kind of since that moment sort of thing obviously doing sleep center with adam yeah and then shipton we'll, yeah. we'll get on to divorce in a minute so yeah. for people that maybe not necessarily know what those two projects were kind of like obviously sleep center was a post-rock thing just the two of you a lot of sort of Delay pedals, reverbs, and all yeah, that sort of thing. Ambience and yeah, things. Shipton was kind of, I guess, an extension of that, but with vocals and just yeah. a bit of obviously just your sort of project on its own. But so, where did those kind of projects sort of birth from? Can obviously, if people don't know you mm. and see, oh, it's this is the guy from Senator, and then see you doing those type of music is completely the opposite end of the spectrum sort of thing yeah but that, obviously people that know you know that they're your tastes sort of thing. sure sure so was it quite like was it a difficult thing for you to like doing it at home in your bedroom recording is completely mm. different but to put it out there and then do shows was it a di difficult thing for you to decide to want to do that or did it just sort of just another outlet sort of thing yeah just another outlet um like i said like after kind of Senator, I think I just didn't stop because I, I just didn't realise that you could do all of this. Yeah. Like, I didn't really have knowledge of a DIY scene. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, 
I just, you know, I used to go to kind of like the college band yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just presumed it was you had to go to college and form a band there and, <laughs> yeah. and carry it on from there. And the college was in some kind of talks with the Wedgwood room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I, I figured that's what it was. I didn't realise that you could just write and record your own music and then go and find your own gigs. And yeah, it's yeah. Like this little scene of, of it. And I just, yeah, I was just completely oblivious to it all. And I think once I understood that, once I was in Senator and we started doing pretty well, you know, mm. we, we were getting kind of, you know, we got onto Radio One. And, yeah, yeah. And went and recorded at Made of Vale and we were going on tours and, and it was just like, shit, oh, this is great. I yeah, didn't know yeah. that you could do all this. Um, and I, I think I'm naturally, I can't just listen to one type of music. Yeah, yeah. I never really have. Um, so I just started going... You know, especially with Sleep Center, I just got hold of Adam again, and I was just like, "Mate, why don't we just do like what we did with Remember the Nights, which was the little kind of post rock yeah, yeah. thing that we were doing at college that exists on MySpace somewhere?" And we were just like, "Why don't we just do that, but just with two guitars?" Like we were jamming all the time anyway. Yeah. Like I just used to go around his, and we'd like smoke a few dudes or whatever, and, like, <laughs> yeah. play some guitar, like. Um, so we just did that and then we were just like I think the first thing we did was he came around mine and we like we were really into this um, group called Set Fire to Flames okay. which is like a it's like an offshoot of some of the Godspeed you people right, okay. I think there's some other people from other bands in it and what they did is they they found this barn this is like proper bohemian stuff. <laughs> they found this barn somewhere and like sleep deprived themselves for like a week or two weeks or something stupid like that and just recorded jam sessions. Oh, okay. And we really kind of like that idea because some of the stuff that they came out with, like some of it's really off the wall. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But some of it's just beautiful. Like, it's really, really nice. And we were just like, why don't we do something like that? Let's just see if we can record something in a night. Yeah. Just stay up all night, jamming and recording it. Just do one take for everything. Yeah. So we just did that, and then we just put it out there, and then we were like, "Fuck it, let's see if we can do it live." Yeah. Like, yeah. And then yeah, it was the same thing with Shipton. Like I was really into a lot of like acoustic kind of stuff, neo folk kind of new age kind of Bon Ivory type yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just started writing stuff like that and started singing with it. And then, so I kept that going for a while. And then eventually I started playing around with kind of electronics and different recording techniques. And it evolved into something that was a bit, had a bit more kind of, of an electronic feel yeah, to yeah. it. And it wasn't so acoustic and yeah, just kind of carried on like that really. Yeah. Like, yeah. And in terms of kind of that sort of, I guess, cause like you was obviously hit here you were playing show, like shows sort of mixed bill wise especially mm -hmm. yeah. with Shipton like I'm, I know like I put you on like a few sort of like acoustic shows but like I'd also put you on sort of like with the heavier bands yeah. sort of thing just yeah. as like to, to mix things up and things that's it but like was it fine was it hard to kind of like quote unquote find an audience or yes. did <laughs> <laughs> or was 
but like was that the challenge or did you didn't you mind like sort of being the odd one out like um yes and no i think it got progressively harder as time went on which is yeah. a weird thing because it shouldn't really yeah, it should yeah. it should you should like be able to build on stuff yeah you yeah. should be able to like develop more of it but i think the problem with especially with shipton is every time i sat down to record something it, it the, the sounds changed a yeah bit. yeah um and there was like definitely a heyday around it where um, patch was doing like the beach community stuff jane was putting on stuff yeah. you were still really active yeah um there was nice weather for airstrikes were doing yeah. stuff and you were all putting me on things and it was all eclectic but it, it all kind of fitted quite well yeah, and yeah. as people kind of dropped off a bit it was and you know general kind of um listening tastes and trends started to change i it just got harder and i just had a few there was a like you're always going to get like the odd kind of crappy gig or whatever <laughs> yeah especially if you've got an acoustic guitar yeah like you're always that's just the amount of crap show offers that yeah you get. yeah um yeah i won't name any names but um, <laughs> yeah there's dodgy pub gigs and stuff and um but actually the last show i did with shipton was supporting Nordic Giants. Oh, sick. So it was a really good yeah, gig. Yeah. And it was, but I just remember playing and playing and looking out into the audience. And it was a packed room and everything. And I was getting lots of thanks afterwards and stuff. But I just remember thinking, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to do anymore. Like, I didn't actually really enjoy that gig that much. Yeah. Like, just felt a bit awkward singing it and just wasn't feeling it at yeah, all. I yeah. just felt like, I don't know, like if I needed to come back and do something, I just wanted to start again. And yeah, I didn't yeah. want to sing. That was the other thing. I just didn't want to sing anymore. It's yeah. just like, I don't, I never felt overly comfortable singing. And I just, yeah, I just, it, it just kind of, it was the final nail in the coffin really. Yeah. And it wasn't even a bad show like you know it was it was a good show and it was a good support slot and but yeah it did after a while um it was the same thing with sleep center really it's sometimes you'd get put on a gig and you'd fit it and people would get it and yeah. it'd be great and it would be absolutely awesome and then sometimes it just wouldn't fit at all and you'd feel a bit deflated yeah. afterwards and sometimes it wouldn't bother you at all so I don't know. I felt like I needed to go away for a bit yeah. and just maybe focus on one thing that would kind of get people quite excited and yeah, stuff, yeah. and not just me just trying to go. Look, this is a bit different. Like, please like it. Like, <laughs> did, yeah, yeah, do you yeah. like it? Like, yeah, you know, you know, come on, open your mind yeah, a bit. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you can't force. You can't force that. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. put it out there, and if people dig it, they dig it. You know, and, uh, there's little things that you learn along the way. Like, there's definitely stuff that I know now that yeah. um, you've you've got to you've got to kind of balance it out with what are people actually going to listen to and, yeah, and yeah. how far out there do you want to go yeah. <laughs> you know there's a happy medium <laughs> well I guess like in terms of kind of like pushing it and going far out like you've always sort of been someone that's I guess not necessarily 
follow the grain because even the yeah. divorcee is like people still find it hard to sort of describe what, what we are <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah yeah um but obviously even before i joined like i always kind of as soon as i first heard like the early recordings mm. like this is obviously when like sam was the original vocalist and sure. my brother was still in the band yeah. like instantly i could tell that the influences were from you and adam like, yeah because there was the very early sort of daughters vibe there's a lot of sort of the locusts the kind of like scratchy guitars kind of thing it, yeah. but at that time obviously nobody was kind of doing that sort of thing yeah. so was it a case of when the divorcee started up that it was because I, st- I still view it as your and Adam band yeah like even sure because of like even previous members and whatever yeah. and the way that the sound has changed but was it because you two had, had got together again and said like we want to do X sound was that how the divorcee was kind of born kind of um, me and Adam and Ed, I used to go around Adam's all the time and we'd just hang out and we'd play guitar I'd take my guitar over his mm. and like eat like it, from sleep center really we just used to play and then we were like Adam was like oh I've been working on some heavy stuff actually oh, yeah let's jam some of that yeah we were jamming that and we were trying to at one point we were working on like some like Genghis Tron okay. type project um, what and, like drum machines or yeah no, okay. Adam like had like fruity loops and he'd like oh, what what was it what was the program called Easy Drummer he downloaded this thing called Easy Drummer, which was like this drum software, like plug-in that was made by the um, Meshuggah drummer. Oh, okay. So it's just like thousands of insane drum beats, yeah, yeah, like yeah. heavy drum beats. And we were just whacking that together and I was playing like weird seven string stuff and it would like be like all crazy yeah, and it yeah. would go into some kind of break core beat. And, <laughs> um, and we, we, we just we'd hang out and write that stuff and it, it was a similar kind of thing but the same kind of mistakes that we'd always made is that we'd write we'd just get our like obsessively um picky and tweaky over like maybe three tracks mm. and then never amount to anything yeah, yeah. because we're just busy tweaking yeah. stuff and rewriting stuff and we do it at band sometimes, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. like, it takes bloody forever to get anything finished. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, we just we just kind of did that, really. And then I went to a couple of practices with Ginge, and I was playing bass, and it was like a kind of post-hardcore punk type th- yeah were you on vocals yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Tim was yeah. on drums well because we did it first with Sam Pennington that was it that and was it and then he couldn't do it anymore and yeah, yeah 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 and then Tim I just remember t- and like I, it wasn't really massively Tim's thing no no he's a bit of a kind of like weird head when it comes to music <laughs> yeah. isn't he like and I just remember talking to him and I just met him and we were just talking about bands. Oh yeah, because that, that practice was the first time you met him, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. met the dude before and um, and we, we were just talking about weird bands and stuff and he was like, oh, I really like this band called Yowie and I was like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know Yowie? Like, I've never met yeah, anyone yeah. who likes or even knows Yowie and if they do know him, they fucking hate yeah, him because yeah. it sounds like a... a 
you know, a math rock band falling down the stairs. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and so, yeah, after that, we were just like, whoa, what the hell? Like, just blew each other's minds yeah. that we were both into it. And um, I was saying, you know, like, well, me and my mate Adam, like, are really into daughters, but we really like the, the early, weirder kind of daughters. Like, um, and I think Hell Songs was the only thing out at the mo- at yeah. that time. And we were just like, yeah, and we really loved Hell Songs. And we'd lo- like, would you ever play in a band like that? And I think he was just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like massively like so then we just got together with with him I think Joel Grownie played bait like he came in for the first right, yeah, practice yeah. Um, he, he didn't feel it after that um, but me Adam and Tim just instantly gelled and we like first practice we wrote about two tracks oh, okay, it cool. was mental yeah, like, yeah. Um, and one of them was Earworms <laughs> yeah and one of, we're still playing that yeah, you yeah. know um, so yeah, we just instantly gelled and we all kind of got it. But me and Adam had wanted to be in a band like that since school, yeah, like yeah. since 2004 or something. Yeah. So we finally found a drummer who got it yeah, yeah. and not only got it, wanted to do it, you know, like and was good enough yeah. to do it. So it's, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, it was all our luck had kind of fallen yeah. into place. And, and yeah, ever since then, it's, it's just, so how did because I know Ginge kind of came on board last but how did how did Sam get involved Uh, we needed a vocalist and we was uh, we was we were um, kind of Senator had not been broken up all that long I don't think maybe six months to a year or something and just because I'd been in a band with Sam and he's fucking amazing yeah, yeah. and not only that he like you know he likes weird stuff as well <laughs> yeah. he quite you know he's quite a eclectic taste yeah. of music doesn't always necessarily just like you know I just like straight up hardcore yeah, yeah, I yeah. just like metal like he liked a load of weird stuff yeah. so and he was I knew he liked the locust and stuff like that so we just brought him in. it was an obvious choice yeah. I already knew him he's amazing he, he likes the stuff and he was like on board straight away and then we needed a bassist and it was like you know I think we were I can't remember I can't remember what it was we were struggling to find a bassist and I think just again being in a band with Ginge and stuff and again knowing that he likes some off kilter stuff yeah. he was just like well I've not done bass before but you know we're writing like some of the like the riffs aren't even it's not like we were using proper scales yeah, or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. We're literally kicking the shit out of our guitars so he was like well I can kick the shit out of the bass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I remember like the first show that you guys did like I think like instantly straight off the bat like I think had you recorded the demo by that point God knows, I can't remember. I can't, yeah. I think maybe you had like one or two tracks, I can't remember. Yeah. But like, instantly, there was like, that sort of chaotic yeah. sort of vibe. <laughs> so, like, I guess from like day one, was that like the sort of thing? Because like, like nowadays, like the sound that we have is a bit more reserved. It still has yeah. those, those elements. But That's like, it. looking back, like, it was like you Sam Ginge just going mm. absolutely crazy yeah pretty much and then Adam just shredding yeah, sort of thing. yeah. Um, 
But was that kind of the, the idea, like, not to take away from the musical element, but was it to be as sort of hectic and chaotic as, as possible? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We wanted, we know that we wanted the kind of weird, squealy, yappy guitars that, we, that we'd heard in mm. Daughters, but me and Adam were really into, like, a lot of tech metal and things like the Tony Danza, Tap yeah, Dance yeah. Extravaganza and stuff like that, which just had lots of... We just really liked that weird balance of low to high yeah, very yeah. quickly and it would suddenly it would be like really low tuned and then it would be really high and, and like just sounded crazy yeah, and yeah. it would come in over these like insane kind of beat patterns and stuff and we really wanted that um, but we really loved like the way that the chariot performed live. Yeah, and yeah we wanted it to we didn't want to be in a tech metal band we didn't yeah, want yeah. to be Tony Danza um, but at the same time we kind of didn't really want to be daughters we, yeah we just wanted to do our own kind of thing but like we wanted it to have loads of energy um, so much so that in the same way that the kind of chariot and and a few others like kind of baby Godzilla at the time yeah, yeah. Another, one of the only other ones in the country that were kind of doing it like that that we didn't know of yeah. anyway um, where he actually it's more about the the kind of ferocity behind the live yeah, performance yeah. not worried about note perfect yeah, you yeah. know stuff it's we're really losing our minds like on on stage and it was it was that was it yeah, for a yeah. long time and obviously now i think part of the reason we don't do it now is a because just feel like if i do that it puts me out for two weeks yeah. or my neck's never gonna recover or whatever you know I just can't so like yeah, and and not only that, we've we've started to home our sound in a bit yeah, more yeah. now, and it is more about the music writing and stuff. And then you know when we started, it was yeah. just about being crazy, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, ferocious, and yeah, a bit weird. Because obviously, <laughs> there's been several lineup changes. Well, that's not necessarily lineup changes. I guess personnel changes, but yeah, sakes of Z, you've had. Gingerleaf, Gaz come on bass, and then mm-hmm. me being the third vocalist yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. um, but was there ever a sense of kind of like obviously I'm thankful it hasn't happened, but sure. was there ever a sense of this is the time for stop because of member exits, or was it always like because still to this day, as you've mentioned earlier, like mm. it's all about like hanging out with your friends, just having fun. It's not yeah. about like we're a band we need to push it forward yeah yeah so was it like a sense of because we're having fun we want to carry this on and we'll try and plug the holes where we can yeah pretty much that was that was exactly it I think like I said I mean anyone who actually follows us and stuff we don't we're not very active (laughs) I mean we are active as a band in the sense that we practice every bloody week and we're like you know we're really hot on writing music and and hanging out and stuff like that but we don't seek out a lot of shows we definitely don't record as much as we should do (laughs) Um, we don't we haven't really got any merch like we don't we're not like chasing it Um, it's it's just us hanging out and writing tunes and then 
until we get to a point where we're like actually let's just get these recorded and yeah or actually we we haven't played a gig in a while we should probably try and find a gig yeah um, yeah so yeah it was more just about hanging out and um it it's it's about writing it i think that's what it's mainly been about so if someone has left a lot of the time they've left and we've got all these new tunes that we've been working mm. on or, or ideas so we we got to get them we got to finish them yeah, got to get yeah. them done so let's get someone in and like every time we've got a member in it's been like not even 50-50 maybe more than 50-50 but it's been more about do, will they be cool to hang out with yeah like, yeah are they are they gonna like because that's what it's about more than anything else yeah we're not looking for some oh, if we bring this person in are they gonna get his loads of shows or yeah are they yeah. like super connected in, with whoever in London or yeah, his yeah. agents or whatever I couldn't give a fuck like, I just <laughs> yeah. want to hang out with them yeah, like, yeah. Are, are they, if they come out for a beer with us are they going to make us laugh a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. and are we going to like them like you know and then and then the second question is well can they actually play that yeah because you know when we started no, even like like Ginge for example was like I can't play this fucking yeah, yeah, bass yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I can give it a go but I'm in no way a bassist yeah, and it yeah. didn't matter because it was Ginge and we loved yeah, hanging yeah, out with Ginge yeah. and he got it and he liked the music and he was throwing himself about on stage and you know he was our mate that, that he understood it yeah. and that was that was more important than anything else I think so and just because I like this is interesting for, like, from my perspective because obviously like the vocalist you've had obviously Sam, Dan, and our mate, all very different in style. Sure. So, has that influenced the way that you write, or do you feel that like the way that the, that person's vocals has kind of changed the music at all? Yeah, I mean, because you're uh, you you'd see, we all try and chip in with the writing yeah. and stuff, um, and obviously when Sam was there, he'd throw in his two cents and like he started to bring in things like samplers yeah and yeah like little kids kind of casio keyboards and things like that and it was like more locust type yeah. stuff like and he was like the first one to say miles you do a bit of vocals and ginge you do a bit of vocals and we can do a call and response thing. yeah yeah and then um dan came in and obviously he's like really into his grindcore and stuff like that so it, we started to look at the you know it was it was automatically became a bit more grindcore yeah, yeah. stuff and you know it was that, that running joke that Dan would always say like there's more blast beats or whatever <laughs> yeah. I need to blast beat over that um, so we like you know it had those elements of it and because of his his vocal style was a bit more grindcore yeah, as yeah. well and he, st he was I mean he brought in the element of like putting the low vocals in and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and 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 you know, now we're in this kind of weird stage where everyone's all eclectic and everyone's listening to different things, and we kind of all just come together now. And, yeah, yeah. And we get quite picky about <laughs> yeah. what what the riff what riff is or what structure is and stuff like that, and it's become this weird amalgamation of. A bit of all sorts, yeah, really. yeah, like, yeah. Um, but it's but it feels a bit more focused, I think, purely because we've just been doing it for so long, 
it just feels more focused yeah. than what it was. Because how long, doing. when did it actually, was it 2000, I want to say seven for that? No, that's way, that's bloody years ago. Um, 2012, 2013, yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Must have been. So we've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah. But where we've never, like you say, we've, we've, we've not, we've not tried to put money into our social media we've yeah, not yeah. got um, merch we've not like toured we've not we've not pushed it yeah really. yeah we've not done it and so it's in this weird kind of area where I don't think we like if unless we dramatically change anything we're never going to be one of those bands that get signed yeah. or, it's always <laughs> yeah. going to be a DIY thing because yeah, yeah. we're all doing it at our own pace like yeah, yeah, you know and obviously if you work in any Kind of, you want to make it in music. You've got a hundred and ten percent. Put your all into it, and it's not that we we put hundred and ten percent into our yeah, writing we've obviously got and like, nothing else. Yeah, we've got like other things on our plate. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess that's a good sort of segue into other things that you have on your plate. Obviously, more sure. recently, uh, I wouldn't say your main focus, but a focus that you've kind of put a lot of time into is highlights. Yes. Um, when I first heard the original sort of, I guess, demos, is yeah. that the right terminology in that yeah, world? Probably, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised yeah. because I didn't even know that was the sort of thing that you were kind of into and were kind of experimenting with. Sure. So, kind of, again, like, was it just because your musical tastes had changed that you were kind of now listening to, to more of that sort of. Because I don't, I don't know. It's not necessarily lo-fi beat stuff, but yeah. just like, I guess going back to the ships and stuff, you were playing around with more electronic stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Was it an extension of that that you wanted to sort of try something on in that line? Yeah, I mean, um, I've always been into hip hop and electronic music. Like, there's been times of my life where it's not featured much yeah yeah and other times when it has i mean like i think one of the first records i ever got was 2001 mm. on on um cassette yeah or something yeah. you know it was like that was the first kind of hip-hop thing i got i think like my mate like copied it onto cassette yeah, or yeah, something yeah. um and then it was kind of like during the end of college i really started getting into like the weird kind of electronic stuff and when I just remember when I had my first gig, uh, first, um, sorry, my first ever full-time job when I was 18. And I was just, you know, it's my first graphic design job and stuff yeah. like that. And just the guy who worked there had a really eclectic music taste. And he was just showing me all this weird electronic shit. And I never really stopped. I think he introduced me to like DJ Shadow and stuff yeah. like that. And that's probably my first kind of look into beat culture and anything that's lo-fi yeah. just instrumental hip-hop yeah. that kind of stuff and another dude who worked there who was a hip-hop head introduced me to like Ninth Wonder and stuff like that so that was like my first kind of like look into it and then um, when I started Highlights um, it was exactly what you said it was an extension of Shipton yeah. I didn't want to sing anymore I'd done with it I just wanted to start again yeah and the first thing I actually did was like a a little album that I'd self-produced and recorded really rawly it was just 
a guitar with a bit of delay and mm. some um, reverb. Yeah, because I remember it was it was kind of it was more sort of electronic post rock than I'd yeah, say. Yeah, like well, like, well, yeah. Well, like well, yeah. I mean, the fir- like well, the first thing I did it wasn't even electronic. It was just a guitar and a loop pedal. Yeah, and that was it. And I just put it out there, and it, it just kind of did what things usually do it just kind of sits there and you get the odd person yeah, going, yeah, yeah. oh I really like your stuff like and then I was just like mm, actually like I don't just want to like you know I felt like that was it I didn't want to record anymore just yeah. guitar stuff like that it was quite nice just to get that out of my system and yeah, yeah after that I just started jumping into electronica and it was more it was way less hip-hop and it was more just weird electronic music I just wanted to do I, I don't even know like just weird stuff like yeah it wasn't any particular genre if anything I guess it was kind of like verging on post rock yeah. or lo-fi house elements and things like that um, and then I just sat there I just didn't really do anything with it and then um, I got an email from Pine Vinyl or Ricky who like the, this dude around here called Ricky you know Steve from Pine Vinyl and he was just like mate are you ever going to do anything with this again and I was like A who the fuck's this guy (laughs) (laughs) and B like you you actually listened yeah Yeah. and he was like yeah yeah and then I got an email back and it was from Steve and I saw the Pine Vinyl tag Yeah, I was like oh shit like that's like that's that fucking record store like they what they're listening they actually listening to me yeah yeah um and then yeah and then i i did and i did i did a track for beth shalom records and that's when i first picked it up again Mm. did a track called empress um and i just i got back into it and at the time i was listening to loads of john hopkins and stuff like that and gold panda and it was a bit more of the house kind of vibe lo-fi house kind of like you know that kind of four four beat and kick and so I did that and then Trust Management got involved and we really went to push it with the vinyl and, you know, we, we really started to kind of, it was it was mental, it's like I'd just been signed yeah, or something. Yeah. And then kind of Trust kind of fell apart and it all just kind of fell apart at the last minute. And yeah. Like, Ugh. But I still kind of kept in contact with Barney, who's now like one of my really good mates. Yeah. Like, um, you know, he's music manager, he's really well connected and we just stayed on it and I like I said, I've always liked instrumental hip hop mm. all the way since DJ Shadow. And yeah. I was just like what you know, this seems crazy. Like I'm I'm it's it takes up about eighty percent of my listening now. Yeah, yeah. And there's this, this massive co- like culture for lo fi hip hop and stuff like that and I, I didn't even know that's what it was called I yeah, just yeah. thought it was instrumental hip hop I'm listening to it more than anything else <laughs> I'm right I'm bored of writing what I've been writing yeah why do I not just write that yeah like, it just seems like a really obvious thing to do so then I just started doing it I wrote a few beats out and they were kind of you could tell that they were amateur and yeah, yeah. And it wasn't and you know I did a lot of reading up about it watched some YouTube kind of videos yeah. and and all that kind of stuff and then I started putting loads together and then the thing that I've just released like there was probably about four five beats that I didn't use mm. on that but the rest of it is, is pretty much my first go yeah so. yeah 
in in terms of like you saying like you didn't know it existed it kind of sounds like it was a similar thing mm. to when you discovered like the DIY scene that yeah. there was this kind of whole like world that existed that you weren't sort of aware of but so, yeah. so is it kind of are things kind of almost become full circle now that you're like dipping your toes into another new world yes you're finding how big that that actually is yeah yeah it's crazy um like I knew it was um I always knew it was a sound and stuff like there was all these kind of people from, you know from back in the like ginseng and um who was the one? Oh, there was a guy who was doing it a little while ago Nico JP I think me and Adam like really got into him and I used to like listen to DBRZ and stuff like that and I knew, I knew that it was a sound yeah 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 and I knew that there was like this there's people out there and they're using samples and it's got this really dusty NPC kind of sound yeah 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 I, I knew it but I didn't know what it was bloody called but I had no <laughs> yeah. idea like I just you know it's just just hip hop like you know chilled hip hop yeah beat. yeah I don't, how do you search for that um, and I discovered this uh, YouTube channel called Steezy as fuck and they're still going <laughs> brilliant they're still going they're really good actually and they do some like pretty high end shit now yeah um but I just used to listen to everything that they put out and then I found Chill Hop and other stuff and I just listened to everything that they put out and then when I started doing it I'd known I knew it had a name I knew that there were these channels and playlists yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff so just threw into threw myself into it and got talking to people you know I read, I read up a bit about kind of how to get in there and market yourself yeah. and you know, um, but yeah, it's like you said, it's it's like discovering the DIY scene again. Mm. It's I'm starting from scratch. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Like made all these contacts within doing senator and yeah, divorcing yeah, yeah. everything else and that um, that are kind of redundant for me now yeah, because yeah. they're not connected to this scene. It's other world. two yeah, yeah. very different things. Um, and you know I'd always look to merge things where possible yeah that's kind of what I'm trying to do now but but yeah it's very much starting from scratch like and and it's nuts as well because a lot of the people who are writing and are doing really well at this lo-fi stuff they're like fucking 16 year olds yeah. in America <laughs> yeah. or something I'm like pushing 30 yeah yeah it's, it's just weird like it's it's very new and it's very yeah. different but it's great yeah it's really good and in terms of kind of doing it live like how many shows have you done live it's not, it's not that many is it no not not many I did that festival uh, Blissfields I've done like did that thing with Idols for Record Store Day yeah um, and other than that it's just the odd few I've done like a two or three this year yeah and stuff like that but like obviously it's a very different sort of experience like mm. not just for an audience but it must be for for yourself because obviously a lot of it is on your laptop so yeah yeah so like i don't know like from going obviously i know we're quite a few years removed from it but going from going crazy on stage early divorcee <laughs> to essentially stood behind a laptop <laughs> yeah like 
Is it like a weird sensation to like kind of look at yourself and be like, oh, this is me now, sort of thing? Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about that the other night when I was playing the set. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I was playing the set and I was really into it, and I'm just sat there thinking, this is weird. Like, if, if you'd have said, <laughs> if you'd have said, you know, like, well, I'm kind of going crazy with the divorcee, if I'd have come off stage and said oh in like five six years time man you're gonna be like doing all these chilled beats to like a, a cafe atmosphere yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever i'd be like nah, i don't think i will <laughs> yeah. i don't think i will they don't sound like me um but yeah it feels it doesn't i mean it, you say that it's not a million miles from the kind of thing that you're doing with Shipton and Sleep Centre yeah, there's still yeah. people kind of chilling out like so yeah I mean yeah it's it's definitely different I think um, yeah it, it took a bit of getting used to but I feel comfortable yeah. with it it's, it's, you know like I said the show's a show yeah yeah you know um, the weird thing with it I was speaking to like one of the, someone who whoever looks after the social accounts for inner ocean records which are like really big kind mm. of lo-fi kind of chill yeah, like yeah. hip-hop um from from uh from canada and i was just talking to them about live stuff and they were like to be honest with you mate like it, it there's not much live stuff for it yeah, over here yeah. and you know we're who we are and yeah yeah it, it's weird because it's the kind of music and the kind of scene a lot of the people they're, they're just bedroom producers they don't yeah look to do live stuff no, so you no. don't see that many events pop up i guess like, like even i know it's not exactly the same lane but like if, even if you think of like the whole soundcloud rapper thing yeah like it's only yeah. been in the last what year that they've even they're going out and doing live shows like, yeah that's it if you think like post malone is probably the one that sort of led the way but like you've got people like cremation aliens wicker phase who have only have just done their first ever uk tour sure sure so, yeah yeah it's all new it's all new but it's, it's like it with lo-fi hip-hop it's all new but it's not new yeah, yeah. that's that's the weird thing about it i mean uh, everyone kind of talks about kind of like Jay Diller as like being the pioneer of yeah, it. Yeah. He fucking died years ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's not new stuff. Like people, you know, you could like, even if you look back at like Tribe Called Quest and the stuff that Q Tip was yeah, making yeah. on his his old Roland, like um, you know, twelve hundred. Like yeah, yeah. He's just doing what they're doing now. He's sampling old jazz records and putting hip hop beats with eight oh eight kids yeah. over it. And what they were like eighties, like do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's not new. There's nothing new, but but the the it having this name and and a lot of the people in it, you know, that they're kind of young kids or or kind of like people in their kind of early twenties and stuff. Yeah, and they've really honed in on their their sound and um, yeah, and they they're making it into something new using old techniques yeah so yeah that's, that's the weird thing with it and i guess because like a lot of obviously well the majority of it is obviously done on a laptop sort mm. of thing so because of that because of like changing software changing instruments changing technology does that like i, I know obviously you've just released like your i guess quote unquote debut yeah i yeah? guess so yeah like yeah. but because 
there's a lot of sort of more options. Does that mean like later on down the line, like there's a wider option to play around with sounds than there would be with you just picking up a guitar? Massively. I mean, one of the good thing, one of the things that really drew me to this, and I think especially at the moment, that what that kind of scene, that beat culture scene, is seeing is a massive interest in exploring new sounds yeah. um, and especially if you look at people like Inner Ocean and Chill Hop and stuff I mean Chill Hop when was it like last year or the year before or something they put out a thing saying like we're not we're, we're looking at kind of signing or working with more people that don't sample okay which is nuts because yeah, yeah. the whole <laughs> that's a, scene that's a is, is based yeah, yeah, around yeah. people sampling stuff I mean like hip hop in general is oh, yeah, 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 people definitely. sampling stuff you know um, but it's not to exclude that but there's so many if you look at a lot of the kind of big time players in it now they've got their own sound in it and it's not it's not about just sampling some dusty vinyls and putting some dusty kind of like yeah, yeah. A, a beats over it using a, a Roland SP or something it's it's a lot of these people they're, pr they're proper recording artists yeah, you yeah. know they're writing guitar like to put over things and they're like playing with synth layers and like there's you know there's there's a dude who I'm speaking to at the moment called Woods who's he sounds like it's almost like neo folk stuff okay. and he sings and stuff like that but it's got a beat and it yeah, kind of yeah. fits really well and it's got the crackle and stuff and yeah there's like borealism as well who you know if, if you took away the hip hop beats and stuff like that he could almost be an ambient artist yeah, or yeah. a post rock artist and every, like the people who are really getting really interesting are, are not just people that are trying to emulate what has now become the template yeah, sound. Yeah. They're really exploring new stuff. I mean, something really cool that Inner Ocean, that you might want to check out actually, mm. Inner Ocean the other day said, oh, we're going to put out this tape. It's not even hip hop. Yeah. The dude's like, sounds like, um, the, and he's recorded it all on an old eight track recorder. Oh, sick. But it's like emo like 90s emo oh, music okay. so it's like kind of garage rock yeah, but it's yeah, got yeah. that kind of twinkly like 90s kind of emo oh, wow. kind of, and cool. it's it's not hip hop yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah. even related to <laughs> it but they but they I mean they're looking at lo-fi sound yeah, not yeah. necessarily hip but they're trying to expand and they've got like um like a sister company and it's just ambient and noise yeah, stuff yeah. so it's more like you know it's closer to what kind of dean yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Like the stuff that feeds, like looking into, and, yeah, and all that. It's like closer to that sound. Yeah. Like, so I think, especially at the moment, it's just really exciting that it's not limited to yeah. a certain sound. And actually, the main interest is it not being limited to yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. sound, uh, which is weird because a lot of the stuff that, and I'm not saying that uh, anything that I'm directly ever been linked to but I mean like take hardcore or metal for mm. an instance obviously it rewards people coming up with new stuff yeah yeah but sometimes it really doesn't yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just need to make a, a you need to stick straight to the up. cookie cutter yeah, sort of thing yeah straight yeah. up 
hardcore band and you'll do really well yeah. it's a straight up hardcore band they're not trying to they're not doing anything new you know for that reason they're doing quite well yeah, same yeah. with metal it's really atypical metal core band you know yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. why people like okay, it yeah. yeah if it if it tries to go off kill oh no thank you it's a bit weird what <laughs> yeah. happened to all the beatdowns yeah, yeah. You know? whereas this uh, uh, one thing I really like about this is that it, it actually rewards yeah not you know sticking to the the mould yeah yeah so it's quite exciting really so in terms of again I know you've literally like last week week before was it released yeah well we released it digitally and then we did like the, the release, tape show release sort of on Friday, Friday. Yeah. yeah so literally I know we're like a week removed sort of thing <laughs> yeah. but like what would you say is kind of the direction that you want to push highlights so um, I've got kind of big plans for it. it all depends on how well it's doing but I've been introduced to quite a few kind of big people in it and stuff and there's like some little kind of groups that we talk okay. use kind of talk to on yeah, yeah, chats yeah. and stuff um, so there's some kind of collabs that I'm going to be doing oh, for next year with some pretty dope people um, um, but in general I've got like a little EP that I'm working on at the moment that I want to just, just for fun yeah. kind of thing not I like, I'm focusing on the beats, getting them sounding good, but there's yeah, no yeah. particular direction. It's kind of going to be my last mucking about with it, yeah, yeah. finding sound thing, and then after that, I plan to do like a, an album and theme it, okay, and cool. give it a certain vibe, yeah, and yeah, a certain yeah. sound, and spend a lot of time really tweaking it. Yeah, and I want that to be almost a bit of a defining thing okay cool um, that's what I'm kind of aiming for but um, I mean long term plans if everything goes well and the plays go up and I really start seeing a bit of dosh from it and yeah. stuff like that I'd love to kind of have my own label um, okay. and help other people yeah, out yeah, yeah, and yeah. get them on some of the playlists yeah. and stuff like that and um, all the time I'm doing that I'm going to continue putting on gigs yeah because I think that there's a big gap in the market for people who want to do this do kind of thing, stuff yeah. live but it, there's so few it. and yeah. far between yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it just doesn't especially like around here like I haven't heard of like anything no. like the stuff that you've been in general on. though they don't really like uh, there's a dude he's actually he's a massive legend he's been helping me out loads recently um, guy from Essex um, called Jack Dean he's just reached a million monthly listeners wow, on Spotify know. he knows his shit he's got really, <laughs> yeah. like he really knows what like he's quite entrepreneurial yeah, yeah, yeah. and he just makes fucking sick music um, but he was telling to he was I was speaking to him and he was like do, do you know of any like live outlets yeah and this this guy's been doing this for quite a while now and he's pretty big time like yeah and it's just nuts that no. it, like it just doesn't doesn't exist yeah it doesn't yeah. and if it does it's so rare yeah like, so I'd love for it to be and I think that's where it's kind of me coming from playing in bands yeah where yeah. you know you start a band first thing you do you get a demo and then you just start playing live absolutely everywhere yeah 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 um, whereas this play, it's kind of the opposite it's <laughs> the opposite you just 
you come out make sure that the, the music sounds pretty decent and not like a shit demo yeah yeah you release it and then you don't and then you sit in your bedroom watching your plays go, go up yeah. that's it like uh, um, I'm not used to it I, I like playing live still yeah. so I, that's what I want to do I want to do more, more of that and in terms of kind of like you said with when it kind of first started like from the shits and days you said you didn't want to sing anymore mm. and you mentioned sort of doing collab work and obviously on this record there is the song that Carl Kevorkian is obviously yeah, on yeah, yeah. so is that something that like because I guess like when people think lo-fi hip-hop they instantly think of rap like, yeah, in, yeah. like for the un uh, unknowledgeable I yeah, guess yeah. like your brain goes oh it's going to be sort of like rap sort of thing sure. but obviously that is the only track that you have with somebody singing on it yeah, yeah so yeah. like do you want to keep it as its individual thing as a instrumental thing or are you kind of looking to balance it and maybe I don't know because obviously like, I don't know much of that work sure like is there chances for you to do like feature tracks where you do beats for someone big time or like is that a, an avenue that you're looking to explore yeah I mean like I mean we keep I, I keep throwing the lo-fi hip-hop term around and it's um I think when I use the term lo-fi hip-hop to describe myself it's just because it 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 instantly makes it a bit easier for people yeah, to exactly. understand yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm trying to do but I don't. I, I wouldn't even necessarily class me as a like a lo-fi hip hop producer yeah. in that sense. Like I don't want to like, like. That's I'm why not, I introduced you as a beat maker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I don't. I've never really done anything where I've you know I've not gone and crate digged and found some old yeah, kind yeah. of funk or. Uh, jazz record and sampled it and put a little beat. I, I, I just that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, so yeah. I guess in that sense, that's not really where you know I, I wouldn't really wholeheartedly call myself a lo-fi beat maker. Um, and for that reason, and I think for the other reasons being that actually, if you look at the people who are really kind of pushing it, they don't necessarily do that yeah I, they're just trying to make music that is you know what they want to do yeah, um, yeah and not limit themselves so i would collab with rappers singers bloody violinists yeah. i don't care like as long as it sounds good um and it doesn't sound so far detached that it's almost should belong on a different project yeah i'm open for anything i mean i really wanted to get carl involved because when he came down and played live he was fucking awesome and i've just been following him since and he's he's again he's really eclectic like he can do that straight up hip-hop shit and then he can like his stuff with um is it manica i can never say it right manica manica Kika, I can never pronounce it. <laughs> but he, he's basically doing this weird noise hip hop stuff, and he's like screaming over okay. it, and it's just like really raucous. Yeah, like, yeah. And um, I just wanted to get him involved, like yeah, you know. But there's loads of other people that that, I could, that I'd want to work with in the future. I'm not going to limit it just to instrumentals or whatever. Yeah. Whoever wants to 
be involved I'm, I'm open yeah. to it you know that's that's kind of I don't want to limit myself yeah know. yeah and in terms of kind of like not necessarily crossover but a lot of people who are obviously like your friends and stuff mm. when you first started Highlights will have been from the punk hardcore mm. DIY world so obviously now that you're kind of doing more of the highlight stuff obviously people are from that world are aware of what you're doing now yeah but has there been any sort of flip like people that have discovered you through highlights have somehow found the wormhole that is the divorce yeah uh no not really um one kind of little kind of trick to the beat side and the, the like kind of lo-fi hip-hop world that people don't tell you off the bat it's like a little secret mm. it's not a secret it's just common sense but yeah. one thing people suffer with is they just they just they, they, they get their stuff out there they get it on a link and they just start spamming record labels yeah, yeah. and other producers and getting no bloody comment back or no yeah. replies and that and it's just common Kurt just talk to people yeah. and I think I've that was a massive lesson kind of to me was just go out and just talk to these people because mm. they're just fucking humans yeah, yeah. they're not machines that are just going to listen to every bloody link yeah that, of course and then go oh that was really like that let's get you signed up yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know it's networking and stuff um but you, you start off kind of chatting to people because you kind of in the hope that maybe they'll listen to your music or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it stops becoming that quite quickly and you just end up talking to people and you just meeting people yeah. because it's fun to meet people yeah, and yeah, chat yeah, to yeah. people and talk about music and stuff like that. So if people have heard what I've done it's because they've just asked me yeah, yeah. do you make any other music well <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a bit different um but yeah but then like just talking to other people you start to realize that um actually they're quite eclectic in yeah, what they're yeah, into yeah. so for instance there's a dude called tom golding who i met through a, a lo-fi hip-hop group chat that right. I'm still part of <clears throat> on Facebook um, we still kind of send each other shit and that and he is in like a pop punk band Okay. and he was we were just talking about music and stuff and I was like oh yeah I'm in this band called The Divorcee and he was like oh hang on I fucking know that name I know that name and he's like I don't know where I can't remember where he said he's from it might be like up in Nottingham or something yeah, yeah. and um, he was like yeah I'm pretty sure you were like playing this festival that we played in Brighton and I was like do you mean Washed Out Festival yeah. he was like yeah yeah and I was like what the fuck <laughs> like I know the dude who yeah, runs yeah, that yeah. like and it what like it's such a small world yeah, and we, yeah. but we didn't meet through the bands or Patch or Washed yeah, Out yeah. we met because we were both writing lo-fi hip hop yeah. shit and it's really weird and there's like this other dude I, can't remember his bloody name but he's like he's doing really well at the moment you know he's like quite up there in that kind of beat culture and stuff i was just chatting to him on twitter and he was saying like he draws a lot of his inspiration from metal 
Okay. And I was like, really? And he's like some probably like New York City kind of beat maker, hip hop yeah, yeah. dude. Um, I was like, well, what, what kind of metal? Like just thinking that it might just be, you know. Like generic. So, yeah, stuff, generic. Yeah. And he was like, oh, mate, like I really like used to love all the melodic stuff. So a lot of my melody and kind of chords and stuff I'm getting from Misery Signals Sick, and that's stuff awful. like that. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, And he said, like, Hope's Fall and shit. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that's really weird because that's I get a lot of my melodic stuff yeah, from yeah. that. And it's just mental that you're like this, like, you're doing really fucking well. Like, got a huge following and you know he's writing like these kind of boom bap stuff on, yeah, a, yeah. on a, a little Roland SP and stuff like that and it's like you know proper this New York City beat maker like a heart of hip hop and he's like yeah all my melody and chord progressions are from like fucking misery signals <laughs> what <laughs> like what like yeah that's um that was like yeah you just get talking to yeah, these people yeah. and you just start realising that actually like it, it goes far beyond just people Put just the, the music copying is, the yeah, sound yeah. or whatever and actually the kids that you do talk to that don't seem to be getting as far is just they, they, they don't listen to a lot of lo-fi hip-hop and mm. if they do it's the traditional sound yeah, and they're yeah. just basically just copying yeah them everyone starts there right everyone starts you know you got to learn to walk before you can run yeah um, yeah but yeah i think just this this idea of it just it has to be lo-fi and it has to be this sound i think that holds people back yeah a lot um but yeah just talking to people you, you see that there's actually all this dis different inspiration from everything and a lot of these people have been in metal bands and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that at one point you know it's, it's quite interesting really and um, before I sort of like start winding things down yeah. one thing that one talked to you about obviously outside kind of outside of music but <laughs> it's kind of your main job but yeah. like people may not necessarily know it's obviously you're a graphic designer yeah um obviously I used you a lot when I used to do shows to yeah. do posters and stuff <laughs> yeah. but like Obviously, your personal style has kind of changed a lot in terms of the way that you design and things. Yeah. So, I guess first and foremost, why, what kind of got you interested in that sort of design world? And secondly, like, do you feel that now, like, because you've been doing it a number of years, like, mm. it's, like, I know it's different when you get asked to do like commissions. Like when mm. I ask you to do posters, I always used to give you a specific spec. Mm. But when you're doing stuff for yourself, like, as I say, like now when I see you do a post or something I was like oh, that's a Miles post or something yeah, like, because sure. I can tell it's your style Yeah. like what have you kind of sort of built in to make that style if that makes sense uh, do you know what this is I something I really struggle with is um, like when if you look at a lot of illustrators and designers and stuff like that they have like a really instant style that they stick to yeah. and reflects through everything that they do and I think that's something I've always struggled with I think my illustration has a specific style and I feel quite comfortable with that yeah um, but I think where I've been an in-house designer for so long yeah yeah 
you have to be able to do lots of different styles and that's really it's weird it's like when you get I, I feel that if you get kind of commissioned as an artist it's because you've got this look yeah and you've yeah. got a certain style and vibe that and when you get commissioned as a designer you sometimes it's because you've got this look and this way of doing things but a lot of the time it's because they need their style implementing right yeah onto something it's uh, yeah so for me it's just years and years of doing different design jobs and stuff and now it's kind of left me in this weird muddy patch where I can do lots of different things yeah yeah <coughs> and almost get I get the work because I can do lots of different things yeah if you want something that looks a bit pop arty or something if it's suitable I can do something yeah, like that yeah. if you want something that looks like really inky illustration it's really scribbly I can kind of do that too yeah yeah like it's just kind of having to meet the client's needs um something I really want to start doing especially now I've just kind of taken on a part-time job um I am gonna have a bit more free time to to do my own stuff I'd like to just set in my own personal stuff and start creating art again yeah, yeah. rather than designs so making designs for other people but yeah. what I'd like to do is just make my own art yeah and then maybe like sell it yeah <laughs> you know like and start doing that and maybe set up an Etsy and sell it alongside with the the beat stuff if I can but if not just do my own thing like that's what I want to do I'd like to kind of like set up my own yeah. style and stuff like you know like I said the illustrations there <coughs> I think I've got my own style with that but yeah it's always been a bit muddy with yeah. graphic design you just have to bend to others will <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> within reason cool right so how I like to close this out mm -hmm. is I like to ask my guests what their favourite song is but with a, with a bit of a twist so, but I'm going to ask okay. you two so what is your favourite song that you like to play live and why but we'll go one with the divorcee mm. and one as highlights ooh okay so the I'm interested in the divorcee one because I want to see if it's yeah the, right um, one that I like <laughs> <laughs> um, god I don't know I mean I always liked to play um, Scratch Me Sniff Me, I think, yeah. was one, because it's just so mental and hectic, like we don't even really play it anymore and it's, it was more just because there's just so much going on yeah, in yeah. that track, like, um, yeah, that was probably my favourite for The Divorcee, just because it's... It, it, yeah it's just a mental track and it was like it was always there's loads of tappy bits yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. a really like there's a heavy kind of like chompy bit yeah that was probably my favourite for that it's interesting because I so mine currently in the current set that we play yeah. is Field of Dreams oh really but I hated that song when I joined the band yeah, because I yeah. couldn't do it <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like one of my favourites oh fair that's interesting yeah that's yeah, that that's a weird one. That track, I always there's parts of it I listen to it now, and they just it sounds really sounds too simple. Yeah, maybe me. that's why I like but it. But then then you actually listen to it 
without playing it and you're like oh no actually it's, it's yeah, quite technical yeah. like so yeah I don't know I, I think it's, it might just be because it's an old track yeah. and listen to it to death um, but yeah so what um, highlights and then highlights um, there's a track off it that's about halfway through the tape called uh, You Are the Final Arbiter and it's just got a really heavy thick hip hop beat um, it's one of the few on there that I've actually used the sample on as well okay, it's like cool. a strings kind of sample oh, nice. but I've like side chained it really heavily so like it, it cuts out the kick really like punches through it yeah yeah and it's just got a really boom bap sound to it cool. it's not it's not chill it's not <laughs> that chilled out yeah. so when like I mean I played it the other night and like um, you know, you've been playing all these kind of other beats, and as soon as that one kicked in, yeah, there's a fair few people who were all like, "Oh, yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. sounds massive!" Yeah. Like, yeah, so that's that's probably my favourite one to do cool. for that. Perfect. Thank cool. you very much, Mars. Awesome. Thank you for having me. So there we have it, folks. A massive thank you again to Miles for having a little chat with me, and again allowing me to come into his home with all my recording equipment and taking over his living room for a bit. Um, as I said at the top of the show as well, it's always good to sort of get to know your friends a little bit better. Um, as always, you can keep up to date with what Mars is doing in his musical endeavours via social media, uh, which there will be links in the description of this episode, along with the link to the Survey Monkey once again. So if you can fill that out, thumbs up, massive cheers. Um so yeah that's pretty much it for this week uh just a heads up we're gonna do one more show uh before the year is out um as things always get a little bit hectic around the holidays um so i don't want to just put an episode out for the sake of putting an episode out but the last one we will be putting out will be our end of the year record of the year roundup um which once again i'll be joined by my brother so keep an eye out for that when that comes out next tuesday um but until then thank you again for listening to the justin insight podcast and I will see you soon.